What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. And on a day like today, like today, you need a warm cup of joe in your hands, even though it's the beginning of September, and Strava Craft Coffee is the best warm cup of joe to have in your hand. Not only is Strava delicious coffee, but it comes with CBD infusement, which means it helps with headaches, migraines, aches, pains, even the coffee jitters, it helps relieve. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee and use that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. And if you've already used that magical code, make sure to subscribe and save with Strava Craft Coffee. A subscription gets you 20% off every time you order. And you can set it up so you get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. If you've already had them before, subscribe and save 20% every single time. If you haven't, make sure to use that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your first order. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the curds from my high best part of the weekend hugging a perfect stranger they become a friend having a good time when the orange and blue W-I-N Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday episode. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. And as the whole world, especially the education world, goes remote right now, Mace, MSU Denver has already mastered the art of online learning. They have 750 classes and over 40 online and hybrid programs. So make sure to check them out at msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's up on this Tuesday in September, although it feels like football weather? No, it doesn't. It's too cold to be football weather. I mean, actually, too cold for football weather. Yes, because perfect football weather is about 50 to 63, 64 degrees. The sun is out. You've got a sweater or sweatshirt on. It's it's not it's not too cold to have a cold beer or a cold cider. This this is winter. We skipped fall. Football weather is fall. And we went right to winter. So this is not, uh, this is bad football weather. This is like January football weather. When I think of football weather, I think of a crisp sunny day in October or November, November, the leaves uh, changing or or falling. That's football. This, this is, I want to go in. It's, it's raining right now. It's not snowing. It's raining. And cold rain is the worst. If you're a fan, it it cuts right through you. I'd rather have snow than cold rain if I'm at football. So sorry to pour the uh, cup of cold rain on you, Zach, but this is not good football weather. 
I didn't say I didn't say good football weather, but it's it, you not, know, it's cold. Not, it, it means football's coming, although we just don't expect it to happen. Uh, you know, September eighth, and of course we're we're having yeah. crazy weather here in Denver, where we're expecting many inches of snow today. Although the high was in the nineties yesterday, I mean, crazy, crazy weather here in Denver. And Mace, the Broncos had some news yesterday on Labor Day. They dropped their first depth chart and. Uh, Kind of the opposite of the weather here in Denver. Not crazy. Nothing yeah. really crazy. In fact, the Broncos could have made a few crazy things on it, like naming a starting wide receiver opposite Cortland Sutton or naming a starting running back. And they chose, you know what, we're just going to take all the crazy out of this. Yeah, they kind of uh, split things a little bit. The only real news was confirmation of Lloyd Cushenberry being the center. But based on what we've seen for the last week and a half, Lloyd Cushenberry was going to be the starting center. He'd earned the job, period. So uh, splitting, kind of splitting the baby a little bit between Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, that reflects how they've been used in training camp so far. They've both seen plenty of first-team reps. Actually, I say training camp so far. Training camp is over. But it's been, it reflects how they've been used so far. Tim Patrick, it's funny. We haven't talked about him making many plays. We just talk about him being solid. But I think the big thing with Tim Patrick is that he has the trust of the, the, trust of the coaches. And he has the experience and he's a good blocker. So good for Tim Patrick. I would actually say uh, if, if there's a little bit of news, seeing Tim Patrick on the top line, that's something that's meaningful for Tim Patrick. That's sure. something that confirms his status, not as a great NFL receiver, but as somebody solid, somebody who barring injury, We'll probably end up having a nice little six to eight year career, and uh, and and good for him. Even though I think Jerry Judy is going to end up seeing a majority of the time as he progresses through the course of the season. So then, why why even mess with it? Why put Tim Patrick as the two? I mean, are you telling me that obviously what you just said at the end of the year, Jerry Judy is going to be the guy, but in a two uh, wide receiver set in week mm-hmm. one? Is it going to be Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick? Because I think that'd be nonsense. I think that might be the first alignment you see out there. What I thought was interesting is that when you went through this depth chart, they put a fullback on there. And <laughs> that's such old that's such old school thinking to say, yeah, even though we're probably only going to use a fullback in goal line and short yardage, we're still going to list a fullback. On here, and so congratulations to Andrew Beck, first teamer, first <laughs> stringer. Yeah, what I would have liked to have seen done is have the depth chart, at least the eleven that you see, kind of a top there, reflect what the primary package is going to be. And historically, for Pat Shermer, his primary formation has been three wide, but it wouldn't surprise me if this year. The primary formation is two tight ends, in which case you would have had Nick Vanette listed as a starter. Instead, Nick Vanette is listed as a backup, a second teamer behind Noah Fant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of wanting to know the exact formations, Mace, the Broncos don't run a base defense with Vic Fangio all right. that often. Yeah, that's what they throw out. And of course, what everyone was looking for was center. But we, like you said, we already knew it was going to be Lloyd Cushenberry. We just wanted it to be official. And third cornerback. And Mace, 
The Broncos didn't do a slot. They didn't do a nickel cornerback. Right. They just did the traditional two cornerbacks. So then we'll find out today from Vic who that third cornerback is. But of course, you have Boye and Callahan as the one and two. And then behind them, were you surprised to see Michael Ojemudia tied with Devontae Harris as the the third and fourth cornerbacks in no particular order? Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. This and this goes back to kind of where they were at the start of training camp. Ojemudia, before he was injured, was seeing some reps that would reflect being a third or fourth cornerback. So that one did not surprise me at all. I'd give the edge to Devontae Harris specifically on being the number three early. Although situationally, when you're looking for somebody bigger, kind of like Will Parks was used late last year, Ojemudia is the better fit. The question is, is he going to be ready for a lot of first-team snaps in week one? That's that's the question. How much can they throw at him? Watching him out there uh, last Friday night in the scrimmage, at the stadium, there were some good things, but also there were some times where he gave up some plays. So you're going to kind of hold your breath a little bit on Michael Ojemudia if he's up there playing extensively early on because uh, he's he, he lost some practice time that he'd be getting. But didn't surprise me at all that Devontae Harris was up there on the second team, and I think he's going to play quite a bit, especially since he emerged as the, the one out of that three-man competition for the number three cornerback. And Mace, I think it's very similar to the Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy conversation where Tim Patrick is the reliable guy. He's going to know the playbook come week one. The coaches feel comfortable with him. I think that's how Vic views Devontae Harris is that third corner. So I, I just think that the, the third corner is Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy on steroids. So I think mm-hmm. that they they trust Devontae Harris way more than they trust Michael Ojemudi because I do believe that the offensive staff trusts Jerry Judy now. And I think that that transition period going from Tim Patrick to Jerry Judy may not even take a week. It may take one week. I think it's going to be very short. But at third corner, I think it's going to take longer. So I think you're going to see Devontae Harris really mm-hmm. be that guy. But by putting Michael Ojemudia as one of the two backups there, it shows that they have big plans for him this season. Because, Mace, what have we seen from Michael Ojemudia in training camp? I mean, it's not like he's been – he wasn't even really hitting the competition for the third cornerback role because he, he was injured. And then once he got back, it was the very end of training camp. So we, we weren't able to see him do much. So it clearly shows that they just think his talent is something else. Yeah, the other thing interesting, uh, Duke Dawson, they listed him as – a safety and a cornerback. So he's a second team safety, a third team cornerback. Now the question for Duke Dawson is, is that going to translate into getting a Jersey? Because once you get down to that fourth safety, the fifth cornerback position, special teams is what determines if you're going to be among the 48 out of 53 that are going to dress Monday night against the Titans. So uh, that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, Does Duke Dawson get a Jersey? Does it saying Bassey? Uh, get a jersey. He's listed down there on the third team at cornerback. Another thing that I thought was interesting, let's talk about how the defensive linemen are listed on here. Your backup nose tackle is McTelvin Najim. Mm-hmm. DeMarcus Walker listed as a backup <laughs> defensive end. Both of them, depending on the package, have seen time on the nose. Who do you think's active Monday night? DeMarcus or McTelvin? I'm going McTelvin. I'm going McTelvin, and it kind of fights everything that I just said about Devontae Harris, you know, being the trusted guy. Demarcus Walker being the vet, you would think would be the trusted guy, but if you truly need a nose for part of this game, especially 
who you're going up against this week. You don't really need a situational pass rusher in Demarcus Walker. You need that big boy in the middle. And, you know, touching wood here, if something uh, were to happen to one of the big guys up front and you need a big replacement, you're going McTelvin uh, 100%, especially going up against Derrick Henry. Yeah, the interesting thing is, A, is this a week where you go heavy on the defensive line and actually have six guys active, in which case uh, in which case, bo- both of them would be active. But I don't think that's likely. It's just something that may be a possibility. B, when they made the trade of Christian Covington last week, it was very specific that he was traded and that put Demarcus Walker on the roster, which yeah. meant that presumably – that was the battle for number six, and McTelvin was the number five. Mm, good point. Exactly. Exactly. Now, and now and, McTelvin was going to make the roster anyway as a third round pick, but it's kind of it's interest it's interesting terminology there. Also, when push comes to shove, Mace, who is the future uh, of those two? It's oh. clearly clearly McTelvin. So there's no need to delay it. Yeah, I mean, just look at the contract situation situations for those six defensive linemen. You know, Mike Purcell is playing on RFA tender, so he's a UFA next year. Shelby Harris is on a one-year deal. Demarcus Walker is in the last year of his rookie deal. Jarrell Casey is effectively year-to-year based on his contract because all the guarantees have been taken care of to this point. So the two guys that you know are going to be part of the multi-year future on the defensive line are... Draymond Jones and McTelvin Ajim. So yep. it be, it behooves you if it comes down to playing Ajim or Demarcus Walker, there's more long-term benefit to playing McTelvin Ajim. And he looked like he was he was ready to go in training camp. The the consistency issues that plagued him at Arkansas gone for the most part. He yeah. was actually very consistent on a day-to-day basis. Every time I saw him out there, he was he was making plays, getting penetration, uh tough to dislodge, often occupying two blockers in the run game as well. So that's that's what you expect from somebody on the interior like that. I think we'll see a lot of McTelvin Ajim this year. Yeah, and something that's so exciting about him He was the number one recruit coming out of high school in the entire state of Arkansas. Five-star recruit. The guy is loaded with talent. Just like you said, Mace, what what hindered him at Arkansas was just inconsistency. Mm -hmm. If he's consistent, oh boy, the Broncos got a steal in the third round. Mace, another position on the defense I want to look at, inside linebacker. For the first time in many, many years, it is not Todd Davis listed up there. Of course, Broncos moved on from him last week. Josie Jewell, unsurprisingly, gets that start. But then what's interesting, Austin Calitro and Mark Barron are listed as the backup linebackers. Joe Jones, the third string guy. So Joe Jones was clearly one of the guys that Tom McMahon got to pound the table for and said, this guy's making it because of special teams. A hundred percent. And that's why he had a shot. If it were based on linebacker alone, with all respect to Joe Jones, he would have probably been on the outside looking in. But in this year where you did not have preseason games to rely upon in determining the back end of the roster, thus you're probably going to have some relatively inexperienced guys and some key roles on special teams. You need the experience where you can find it. Joe Jones fits that bill. You know, you can't have a bunch of guys that are primarily special teamers on the back end of the roster, but you do need some players that are leaders and have a presence. 
and that's Joe Jones. Even though he's listed as a first-team fullback, again, I only expect to see the fullback in short yardage and goal-to-go situations for the most part. Maybe you use Andrew Beck as an H-back uh, or another or an extra tight end from time to time as well, but Andrew Beck is one of those guys, too, that yeah. Tom McMahon can trust. So you get one on the offense, Andrew Beck, one on the defense, Joe Jones, and then, of course, you rely on leadership from experienced guys like Brandon McManus and Sam Martin, and then... Uh, you're hoping, like, for example, if Tyree Cleveland is active, Tyree Cleveland's probably going to be one of your gunners. So yeah. he's somebody that's going to have to step up. I'm. This is where it's totally nerdy, and I know it doesn't really have a huge impact on the game. I get that. But the the bottom roster spots on the, game, on the 48-man game day active roster, man, pay attention to these on Monday night because – these are going to reveal just how the Broncos feel about the special teams value of certain players. Like if you see Tyree Cleveland getting a Jersey Monday night, that means they've seen something in practice that they like from him on special teams. And now it becomes a question. Okay. Can you do it when the lights go on? Right, right, exactly. And let's talk about the opposite of bottom of the roster guys, Mace running back. <laughs> the Broncos decided to kick the can down the road. Instead of naming Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay, the starter, they have them either or, and they decided not to make a decision. Oh, I wish they would just make the decision. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, you, you got to have a starter Do you, uh, every single game this year. Are they going to go out in, in a two running back set just to make sure that they're both starters? No, you alternate. You say one starting one week, one starting the next week. So what that means to me, Mace, is the coaching staff just having that much respect and, and admiration for Philip Lindsay. But then it also says, why are you signing an $8 million running back if you have one for $800,000 on the roster that's, that's going to be a starter along with the $8 million running back? Well, it says that you have an embarrassment of riches. It says that you're going to split them probably 50-50, and it was becoming apparent over the course of camp that they were going to have a fairly equitable timeshare when they got out there. So it does. this doesn't bother me. It bothers fantasy players, I'm sure, but I don't play fantasy football right now. So <laughs> I couldn't care less. <laughs> about 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 whether one's the one and one's the two or if they're both ones i i i was i think back to this is really nerdy and it's just my own personal experience as a sports fan the 1997-98 north carolina tar heels men's basketball team they had six starters but only five starting spots in the lineup right, right. so literally they just rotated which one was out at the start of a game. So, you know, you know, they had Antoine Jamison and Vince Carter on the team. It might be a big game. The NCAA term, sorry, Vince, it's not your turn to start. You're going to be coming off the bench today. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's pretty good. And I mean, it, it says to me that the coaching staff values Philip Lindsay so much, but at the same time, I can't help but think, why isn't, why doesn't he have an extension? If the coaching staff likes him this much, why why is there not four or five million dollars? If he's just as good to be a co-starter with Melvin Gordon, so it tells me there may be a little disconnect between the coaching staff and the front office and the way they view Philip Lindsay. Well, don't forget also that 
Phil's going to be an RFA next year. So if you want to keep him from being poached, you're going to have to give him that second round tender next spring, which is going to push his salary into the $3 million range. So right now you have a couple of running backs that you're paying what combined about $9 million. Well, next year that combined salary is going to be 11 million, but then Melvin Gordon comes off the book. So I would say this, it, if you see what you like out of Philip Lindsay this year, given that Gordon's contract expires at the same time that Phil becomes an unrestricted free agent heading into the 2022 off season, then it would behoove you. If you see what you like from Phil this year to work on a deal for 2021 and beyond, and maybe that cap number for 21 is lower than it would be in 22 and 23. So you're kind of diffusing the impact of it a little bit, but at the same time, you make sure that Philip Lindsay is taken care of because if he has another good season, Zach, to me, he's earned that sort of deal. I think it's time for the Broncos to reward some of the guys that are really helping them out. Yeah, and and maybe that's what people want the Broncos to do with them uh, releasing Todd Davis, with them having $30 million in cap space. And, hey, we've seen John Elway get a deal done right about now, but I don't expect anything to be coming down the line right there. But, Mace, you know what's awesome about today, despite the weather going on? It's game week, baby. It is Denver Broncos game week. We got football in 48 hours with the Chiefs and Texans playing each other. And then in six days, the Broncos are on the field playing the Tennessee Titans. Oh, man, it's going to be such a fun week breaking this game down, breaking the season down. I can't wait. So for those joining us on iPod, right now we're going to jump into the comment section. So make sure to check out uh, the, the comments. Wait, wait, and, we got some comments coming in on the live one though. Let's get to a couple of them here before we move on. So, cause we, we had, hit me we with had some people commenting. So, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's park the bus a little bit and let's talk about this. This one from Max Stark, who says, g'day fellas. It's one thirty-seven AM here. I assume down in Australia and I am working. Glad you guys are kicking off. You can keep me up while I try to finish. Oh my goodness. That is what, too cool, Mac. That is the graveyard shift down under. So, wow, well, that's that, that that's rough. But we appreciate you riding with us, Mister Orange three hundred three. They said they would keep the stuff that worked from Scangarello, and he used a fullback. Makes sense. Well, yes, but at the same time, you had a fullback in Andy Janovich, and you got rid of the true fullback, and it worked much better with a true fullback like Jano. Love Jano than it did with Andrew Beck. All all due respect to him. So Andrew Beck just seems to be that guy that's going to be coming in when you need a jumbo package. Yeah, they're not really going to be using a fullback all that much. Yeah. A little too much, a little too late. Again, says, don't tell RK that 30 isn't the lone starter. (laughs) It's true. Although I'm sure Ryan's actually happy that Philip is a co-starter because it looked like it was going to be Melvin Gordon from the beginning. Yep. Colton Pratt says, I thought Bryce Callahan as the backup punt returner was interesting. Seems risky to put a starting cornerback with injury history at a position that is high attrition. Well, I think that's just something kind of a, a technical notation 
on this saying, all right, well, if something happens to him, it could be Bryce Callahan. Jerry Judy was fielding some punts as well during some training camp practices, although I would say if he goes out there, he is not so much a punt returner as a punt catcher. Ditto Bryce Callahan. If something happens to Deontay Spencer, Zach, the replacement is coming from the practice squad. Maybe not that day, but for the following game. It's going to be somebody like Trandy Benson, for example, who stuck on the practice squad. Yeah, but I do think that's a, a very interesting uh, note. notice that, that you notice on the depth chart because, uh, yeah, a little surprised by that too. Yeah, and the other thing, Tyree Cleveland listed as the backup kickoff returner as well. And then John Joe 19606698 says, Cortland and Tim on the outside, Judy in the slot. Yeah, when they go three wide, that's what I expect you'll see, Jerry Judy in the slot, at least early on in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to see Jerry Judy in the slot. You're going to see him outside. You're going to see him on the field. And I do expect when push comes to shove, when there's only two wide receivers on the field, it's going to be Cortland Sutton. And it's going to be Jerry Judy. All right. And then Stevie Cleaver says, first time checking out the live stream. What is each of your guesses for the first play of the year? Well, I know what it won't be. It won't be a tight end end around to Noah fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it'll be that. I'm going I'm going with a, uh, oh man, a run. I can't decide if it's to Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon. I'm going with play fake, roll out, a little short pass to, Philip Lindsay or Noah Fant, who's streaking forward as Drew Locke rolls to the right. <laughs> there we go. And so much more that we'll break down later this week in terms of this upcoming game. We're in game week. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comments section. And just like that, we're into the comments section. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us on this podcast. But before we do, got to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. And football is here. And to kick off the season DraftKings is offering a no-brainer for all users. Have you ever heard of a team losing by 100 points? I certainly haven't. For week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you could still cash your bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So even if Kansas City were to lose by 100, you still would win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. So make sure to check out the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. You're going to want to commemorate the start of football season with some brews from our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Of course, you can get that 15-can sampler over at your local grocery store, Costco in Colorado. You can get Avalanche Amber places beyond that. Make sure you check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find out where in this favored land of ours you can get some of those delicious Breckenridge brews because you'd be surprised just how available they are around the United States. It's the official beer of DNVR. And guess what? They've got something new. They've got a new Broncos country beer and you can listen for your chance to win two free 15 packs of this Broncos country beer from Breck Brew and delivered by 
one of the amigos himself, the one and only Mark Jackson. Here's how you enter. Simply go to breckbrew.com slash Broncos country. Fill out the form and submit. That's it. You've done it. Breck will pick seven lucky winners, and if one of them is you. Now, by the way, I love that number seven, by the way. And if you're one of the lucky seven, Mark Jackson will deliver the two 15-can Broncos country beer packages to your door before game day. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 or older from entering, of course, that new Broncos country brew. You can find it uh, throughout the Denver area. Look for the beautiful old-school D Broncos logo smiling at you from the side of the package from the side of the can. And I'll tell you that you can have a bit of Broncos country with your home gating party this week as the Broncos play the Titans without any fans in the stands. Don't forget Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. So breckbrew.com slash Broncos country to enter for a chance to win beers delivered to you from one of the amigos, Mark Jackson. Mm, so much fun. I hope our community gets in on that. And speaking of our community, Aquaman chiming in says, now that roster is set and some injuries known are more or less excited, are you more or less excited about the team than you were after the draft? I am less excited, he says. Injuries and offensive line issues have lowered my expectations. I see an 8-8 eight and eight team this year, but still many pieces in place for the future. Rookies take time to develop. What say you? Okay, um... I don't see eight and eight and I was predicting 10 and six. I think we'll get, we'll get into our final predictions later this week. Uh, both Zach and I are going to have uh, pieces on what to look for from this Broncos team this year, later on, on the DMVR.com. I will say this. I think losing Jawan James is going to cost the Broncos a game that they would have otherwise won. Don't know which one, don't know where it comes but there's going to be a game where they're besieged on the right side of the line. That's why I sort of hope they get DeMar Dotson out there sooner rather than later, especially to provide what you can expect from him in pass protection. But nine and seven with seven teams making the postseason AFC will still get you in. So might not be saying 10 and six anymore, but I am still saying this is a playoff team, even though I expect it's going to take a run at the end to get there three and one or maybe even four and oh in the last quarter of the season yeah i'm i'm right there with you mace uh tempered expectations a bit just because i i saw in training camp that this offense is truly going to have some some lows and it's going to take some time you may see 30 points against tennessee and then the following week they come out and get 13 against the steelers that that is going to be real we we're warned about it from john elway and I had to see it to believe it. But now I saw it. I believe it. So less, but it not just really for the start of the season. So I'm not lowering my expectations for, for the long haul or anything. I still like where this team is at. I think it's interesting. It's interesting. So did, so John Elway saying that you're, t- that everyone should temper their expectations. Did you not believe that right away? Did you still kind of say, okay, I'm, I still have high expectations going to camp. Because I guess my expectations were always tempered just based on the youth of this unit. Yeah, well, it, it, and I knew that was going to be the case. But then especially that first week of camp when I saw them, they, mm-hmm. they weren't slow, Mace. They were hitting the ground running, and then they got slowed down a bit. And I just think that that's what we're going to see is, is a lot of inconsistency. Well, what happened after that first week? They put on pads. And you know what? I remember Carlos Henderson looked good without pads. Mm-hmm. He certainly that, did. 
And then the pads went on, the concepts got more complex, and he was swimming in the, in the deep end without uh, any floaty around him to rescue him. So, you know, that's, that's just, that's just kind of the nature of things. I, I, I don't, it's, I guess, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I think we always, I think there's a lot, always a lot of hype uh, and then, and then it ends up being dialed down to reality. But I do think long-term it's going to be a good offense, but long-term may not be this year. Black belt Bronco fan. Good day all. With the regular season here, I was about to comment on Facebook about how excited I was, but hesitated. Knowing the toxic hellscape that social media has become, even some of my friends were likely to be thinking one of two things. I chose to head all that off at the past. At the past, pardon me. I've copied and pasted it here since I can't ever seem to remember to do more than a cursory about me intro. It's a bit lengthy and personal, so too long, don't read. Yes, there's a lot going on right now, but for some of us, Sports are more than a distraction. They're important for our mental health. Feel free to read in full, abrasive or not, depending on time. B, 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 F, N, A, Z. And Zach, do you, wanna, do you want us to read this or we just want to move Let's on? Let's do ahead? it. Let's do All it. Right. All right. It's no secret that I'm a reflection of both my parents. What little smarts I have comes from both of them, and my moral compass is a direct reflection of theirs. Dad was a computer guy who went from programming COBOL on punch cards to working as a consultant for IBM on massive database systems in the late 90s and early 2000s. I got my love of puns, bad jokes, logic problems, and computer science from him and my analytical skills. He's also, in my opinion, looking back, he was never diagnosed, the one who passed along the ADHD and his associated executive function and impulse control issues, auditory processing issues, RSD, anxiety, and depression. It's what makes me good at my job, being able to think outside the box and solve problems. Mom was an accountant who went back to school when I was young, then back again when I was in high school. From her, I got my compassion, my faith in people, my weird appendix placement, the weight struggles, and of course, my love of the Broncos. That was and remains the anchor to my happiest memories with her. I miss them both terribly. I think about them in some degree or another daily. So please understand when I say this, just because sports aren't important to you, that doesn't mean they're not important to someone else in insignificant ways. The football season is important to me. It's the connection that's carried me through the 19 years since mom left us, the 16 or more week long time where once a week I can still, after all this time, feel that bond. It's when I feel the strongest connection to her. So I'll say this now as nicely as I can. Don't yuck my yum. I'll delete any whiny overpaid athletes should stand for the anthem responses. I'll delete any sports aren't important right now responses. Football season is almost here. The first Broncos game of the season is the week one finale, Monday night on my birthday. I get to feel like I'm with my mom again on my birthday, however briefly, however faintly. And that's pretty goddamn important to me. Hashtag Broncos country. Man, happy birthday, Black Belt Bronco fan. Thanks for sharing that story. And that that's very cool uh, that you feel close to your mom watching the Broncos. Yeah, and it, I mean, sports does have importance. I mean, obviously, if it didn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here right now. And I think, you know, it's just a question of how they should be presented in, in the course of this year. Um, obviously there's an ongoing debate over whether fans should be in the stands. The Broncos won't have fans in the stands for week one. Most teams will not. In fact, now there's a report that will, there will be some fans in the stands for the Tampa Bay game in week three, but still three of the first Broncos for the three, of the four, First Broncos games are going to be without fans, but the show will go on, uh, presumably. And 
I think ultimately that's what matters. I mean, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan and losing that season for four months really kind of knocked, knocked me out of my equilibrium. Um, I hear uh, what you're saying, Black Belt, and I think about how a lot of the great memories that my mom and I have, and fortunately are still building across the miles, involve watching and talking about the Atlanta Braves. And losing that really, for a while, really kind of, uh, really, I think, I wouldn't say put the, put me into de- depression, but change things and not for the better. So even watching games with no with cutouts and fake crowd noise and a certain emptiness that goes along with not being able to feel uh, the buzz of a crowd for a late inning comeback or something like that. I mean, you lose that, but it's still the game. The games still count. And, um, and I'm glad they're playing, even though MLB has been through a lot of issues getting on track. So I'm glad the pros are, I'm glad the pros are playing in some form. I just hope they can keep it safe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, man, it's just awesome that we're 48 hours away. So thanks for sharing, Black Belt. And Nihalo checking in. I'm honestly kind of bummed Denver didn't sign Josh Rosen. I know he's Josh Rosen. But I don't think I heard a single positive report about Jeff Driscoll at camp. Yeah, I was thinking Josh Rosen. Matt Moore also was available, but he was not waivers. He was released. So he was certainly going to decide to come back to Kansas City. I'll tell you that what I think was one of the most interesting moves of the weekend, Zach, was the Philadelphia Eagles paying Josh McCown $12,000 a week to stay at home and prepare, learn the game plans, whatever, just in case you need a quarterback and you have, uh, you have a COVID breakout, and he obviously played some for the Eagles last year, including in that playoff loss that they had. I thought that was pretty brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a guy that knows the system already, knows the guys already, and it's crazy. He's staying in Texas when, yeah. obviously, he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but that's of benefit to them because they want him away from the – quarterbacks his they are effectively paying him a little over two hundred thousand dollars over the course of the season to be there in case of an emergency and be available so the intent is to keep him away from the other quarterbacks because if they come down with covid he can step in and play i it makes a I ton think, of sense i, I think, think, it, I think that's it's really, really smart. good yeah i think, I think it's brilliant I, I i wish the broncos had done something like that but alas uh, <laughs> yeah just got to cross your fingers and, and, and hope. I mean, we're now, we're now past training camp, so the players aren't going to be at the facility as long as they were during camp. They're going to be uh, getting in in the morning, and they're going to be going home at night. And you know, some players were staying in hotels, and now they're going to be around families, and a lot of those families have kids that are uh, in school, at least to some degree. So I feel like now we're sort of going into the cross-your-fingers point. Yep. Yep. I, in regards I to COVID. Totally agree. Samuel Bisu says, Hey guys. Wow. I can't believe in just a week, we will finally see the Broncos play. I'm so happy. This off season seemed like an eternity. It really did. What a difference a year makes last year. The Broncos claimed a couple of players from waivers and made trades after the 53 man cut this year. They not only didn't make any waiver claims, but one of the guys they get that gets claimed by another team. This tells me that the roster is stronger and deeper. What do you think? One more thing. Every day that passes, I love Vic even more. 
The quote he had about wanting to know if Bassey would piss his pants was priceless. I look forward to a new season with you guys in this community. Well, thank you so much, Samuel. We look forward to having you roll with us as you're such an awesome piece of this community. Exactly. And those are two good thoughts. The quote about pissing his pants, I mean, that's something that coaches are going to throw around. Sometimes they'll use a little stronger term. They'll talk about uh, number two is <laughs> number one, as it were. But either way, that's, that's something that coaches are looking for. And uh, the fact that he held his own, obviously Bassey showed enough. But it's, it's good to see those uh, insights into Vic Fangio's coaching personality from time to time. And I also think the point you made, Samuel, about the roster being stronger and deeper, that is 100% true. And something that we saw in recent years was that you had back-of-the-roster guys who on this team were middle-of-the-roster guys. And so because you lack depth, those guys who would normally be 49, 50, 51, 52, 53 were – 36, 37, 38, 39. It's something that we saw during the Josh McDaniels years as well. And really one of the first jobs for John Elway was to rebuild the back end of the roster. And he pulled that off early in his time with the Broncos. And I feel like we've seen now the back end of the roster uh, get stronger. And thus the players that are 36, 37, 38, 39, they stack up well with the other 36 to 39s around the league. And that means you're not, that means you're looking at the back end of the roster and, you know, player 52, player 53. Let's assume that player 53 is, say, Calvin Anderson. Fair to say? Yep. Okay. Player 53 is a hell of a lot stronger than we were talking about two years ago for this team. And, that, right. and that's testament to better drafting, better player acquisition over the last two seasons for John Elway. Yeah, so Samuel Basu, I, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. You're exactly right. Low Country Bronco says, hey, fellas, thanks for the great camp coverage. I'm pumped because this will be my first regular season as a subscriber. Can't wait. Hey. Now, on to my question. Does ESPN have it right when they list receivers one, two, and three for the Broncos as Sutton, Hamler, and Cleveland? Or are they just speculating what their version of the order is? I'm seeing multiple depth charts in the searches, so I'm wondering if you guys could clear this up for me. As always, keep paying the man, LCB. Yeah, no, that is incorrect. Uh, I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to – I'm looking here, and I'm seeing the Denver Broncos depth chart, and – well, that's – and they what they do, they actually have three wide receivers listed on their depth chart, as, so it's a three-wide base package. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick are listed as the three wide receivers on the first team. They also have Melvin Gordon listed ahead of Philip Lindsay. So this is uh, yeah, this is sort of interesting. If you want the official depth chart, go to DenverBroncos.com. That's where you get that. <laughs> uh, the one, two, and three is, in my opinion, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Yeah, there's that. A good resource that I like to rely on is over at OurLads.com which is a scouting service, but they also go ahead and uh, list everybody's uh, depth chart. And uh, uh, there are some oddities there as well. Like, for example, they have, they have a fullback listed on the first team, but they also have uh, two tight end spots. But the interesting thing is, Zach, I think they need to go back and correct this a little bit because on the two tight end spots, both the first teamers are Noah Fant. So 
<laughs> I think they kind of need to work with this a little bit. There's obviously a little bit of a glitch in their system. But, yeah, you got to go with the Broncos' official site on this one for kind of uh, what they are, even though they like to call it an unofficial depth chart, breaking out the air quotes. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> Dan Burke says, hey, guys, a couple of things. One, thank you for your coverage of Cheney Camp this year. Has the press embargo been lifted now that the roster is set? Can we ask you questions about how specific players were performing in camp? Uh, well, not, yeah. not, I mean, we, we, we gave you as much as we could, really. And really mm-hmm. what they, they don't want us to say is specific plays that were going on and trick plays and things like that. And so that's not something you would ask. But I don't think we've been holding back on, on certain player information. Right. And now the embargo for practice works itself out naturally because all we're going to see when we go out there is scratch and stretch and then you get into individual work, we're not going to see teamwork anymore. So it's basically we're going out there to take attendance, and that's it. Yeah. Two, there were a couple of transactions that happened this past weekend that I think directly impact the Broncos. The first was Keenan Allen signing an extension. It seems the going rate for a top-tier receiver is $20 million per year. Maybe this is the homer in me jumping out, but Cortland has had a more coveted and dynamic skill set and an overall higher ceiling than Allen, has an every right to ask that amount. So. Cortland can ask for that amount if he strings another good season together. Question is, are y'all comfortable paying that? Well, um, let's see what happens with the television contracts starting in 2022. Let's see how the economy affects that. Now, if I was sitting on billions, yeah, I'm comfortable paying that to Cortland Sutton. uh, But I also want to pay Justin Simmons as well. And the thing that comes up with these big contracts is, of course, having to put the guaranteed money into escrow. The key number for Keenan Allen is $50 million guaranteed. Um, I'm paying him if he proves he's elite. I pay elite players elite money, um, and I'm not paying very good players elite money. So let's see what he does the next two years. And there's another thing to consider also. Um, let's say Jerry Judy balls out this year and shows he can be a wide receiver one. If you are going to take the chance of Cortland Sutton on the open market, let's say you franchise him for a year and then decide, okay, we got Jerry Judy coming up. He can be a wide receiver one. Then you would want to trade Cortland Sutton when he still had – some team control, whether it's going into that fourth year or playing on the franchise tag in year five. So I hate to say this, but if you're not going to pay Cortland Sutton that kind of money, if that's not in your plans, then if Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler as well have both come along, you have to think about trading Cortland Sutton to get more than that compensatory third round pick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bangkok Bronco, hi, gents. Of all the players on the practice squad, who would you say is the most likely to be signed back to the 53-man roster at some point during the season, and why? Thanks, Double B. Ooh, well. Easy for me. Go ahead, you tell me. Devontae Bosby. He he was, uh, I think he was the closest one to making the active roster, so I think he's the one that, if they need someone in a pinch, not only would they bring him up, but they would be comfortable with him playing. Okay, see, I'm going to go just a little bit different, and I think Bosby's a very good choice. But the nature of running back and the attrition involved with it 
I think Levante Bellamy is a guy that we see on the 53 at some point this year. Sure, sure. I can definitely see that as well. Another guy I keep my eye on is Deshaun Williams because he's your defensive lineman in reserve there on the practice squad. I would actually say of these 16 guys on the practice squad, Zach, I expect at some point we will see at least half of them on the 53 this year. Ooh, man, eight guys moving up. That that would be not very good news in terms of the active roster. But you have the COVID short-term reserve list where you can call guys up, and I just think that's going to probably the, – the situation in which the NFL is trying to navigate is going to lead to at least a couple of moves that we would not see in an ordinary year. And even in ordinary years, Zach, we see a handful of guys moving up from – what has been a 10 man practice squad of the 53. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That, that COVID is, is definitely going to make it so you can move guys up and down a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mace, if you want to play golf today in Denver, you can't, you just can't, but you can through WGT. Cause it doesn't matter what the weather's like outside, hot, cold, winter, summer, you can play WGT golf any time of the year. And it's perfect for someone Jones and for some golf today but you can't because it's 30 degrees and snowing the day after Labor Day. So how do you get in on WGT? Well, go to dnvrgolf.com, and that'll download WGT Golf for you. Go there. It's free, and it just lets WGT know that you want to play with us. Once you've downloaded the app, go into the Clubhouse section and search for DNVR and the number three next to it to join our third clubhouse and that gets you access into our awesome community on wgt and gets you access to all of the weekly tournaments we have which are so much fun we're gonna have those rolling even throughout the winter because again you can play wgt any time of the year i love wgt because it's so realistic and i love playing courses like pebble beach and st andrews so get in to WGT by going to dnvrgolf.com and play with us in the DNVR3 clubhouse. Yeah, you might be playing golf on the inside, watching the snow fall on the outside, the white snow. And if you want your teeth to be as white as that snow that is falling in the Denver area right now, check out Green Mountain Dental Group. They're in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. And they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. Now, if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you're going to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. And trust me, you want the Sonicare toothbrush because it basically helps regulate good brushing habits because you'll hear those beeps go off to say, okay, time to brush another part of the mouth, time to brush another part of the mouth. They say you should brush your teeth for two minutes. Every time you do so, the Sonicare will keep you on schedule. So that is a big little bonus you get from from Green Mountain Dental for scheduling a cleaning x-ray and exam. Of course, they've been among our biggest supporters for a long time. So supporting Green Mountain Dental is supporting us. They'll treat you like family. They'll give you a birthday card on your birthday. They're going to look out for you. They're going to take care of your teeth. They're 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And as Green Mountain Dental will tell you, the first step of good health is taking care of your mouth. No better place to do it in the Denver metro area than with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. Tater Tot, Tom chiming in. Hi, I wasn't sure where to ask this. I live in San Francisco and want to watch all the games. I have NFL Sunday ticket, but for the games that are blocked, I can do CBS. I don't want to do the VPN and get caught up in that. I think it's between Hulu Live TV or Fubo TV for the best deal. 
It, it looks like I'll need it for an ESPN for game one and game three on Fox. Which do people prefer? Or any help is appreciated. Mace, you got any input on this? I have no idea. On Hulu, Fubo, Fubo, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't. I mean, I've got Sunday ticket myself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't help you there. Um, I would also say, uh, with the games that are blocked, you can do CBS. I have CBS as well. Um, CBS all access and that I usually use that in the press box so I can have the stream of the game since most Broncos games are on CBS. And so I can listen to the broadcast. So I think you're pretty well covered on most games here. Yeah, uh, based he, on what you've got. He goes on and says, also, for the Thursday night game against the Jets, can you watch it on Amazon Prime or only NFL Network? I was confused. Thanks. Okay, I am actually looking at something from Amazon, and it will not be a game that is available on Amazon Prime Video and also on Twitch. Uh, they start their schedule on October 8th with Tampa Bay slash Tampa Bay playing at Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. So that so the Broncos Jets game misses the cutoff for Amazon Prime by one week, unfortunately. Sorry to break that to you. Mm, yeah. So if anyone knows the specifics for Terry Tatam, go into the comment section and leave mm -hmm. a reply to him to help him out. Amen. Lock the Casbah says, can't believe the season is almost here. I love our roster this year. I'm even really excited for the backups like Malik Reed, Calvin Anderson, Asang Bassi, and McTelvin Ajim. Thanks for keeping us all updated throughout the offseason. Speaking of fantasy, I did one draft so far and didn't get any Broncos. Believe it or not, other people reached for most of them multiple rounds ahead of where they were usually drafted. I also grabbed Derek Henry. So sadly, I have to hope he has a good game against the Broncos to start the season. So here's hoping he rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown or two. But we win anyway. Oh, and Zach, I finally finished Chuck. No spoilers here, but I'm dying to know what you think of the show, particularly the ending. Would you share your thoughts if I DM you on Twitter or another platform? Of course I would. Yeah, hit me up in the DMs. So he says particularly the ending. Without giving it away, Zach, is the ending controversial? No, not, not controversial. Um, it's, uh, man, I, it's, it's good. It could have been better. Okay. All right. <laughs> this isn't like Seinfeld, which, you know, ends with everybody going to jail for a year. And that's <laughs> oh, <like> right. That. <laughs> oh, okay. All righty. Yeah. Uh, and Lock the Casbah points out the tangled web of loyalties when your personal loyalty as a fan collides with the fantasy loyalty as well. So, yeah. Derrick Henry. <laughs> All those Broncos fans with Derrick Henry. On the one hand, you're hoping that he doesn't get shut down the way he was last October. On the other hand, you want him to go off. That's what's tough. That's, that's, that's why I'm kind of glad I'm on my hiatus from fantasy, to be honest with you. I, I actually find I miss it less and less as time goes by. Jazzy Bronco, thanks for the content, guys. Can't wait until Sunday. Today's question. I just finished my fantasy draft with no other Broncos fans in my league, and while my initial roster does not have any Broncos starters, I end up with four Broncos on my bench. I have to thank the national media for suppressing our players' values to allow me to snag productive players late in the draft. Rank, which of the below picks will be the most productive for me in fantasy this year? 107, Philip Lindsay. 114, Jerry Judy. 127, Noah Fant. 154, Drew Locke. It is a PPR league. Go Broncos. Go DMVR. 
Wow, it looks like he just went uh, back to back to back to back Broncos there. Um, boy, I mean, quarterbacks are always very productive. Um, I, 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 man, I, I like all those guys for, for the right, for the right uh, place. Yeah, and uh, I'd say this. With tight ends, there are fewer productive guys. That's why the last fantasy drafts I did, I picked tight ends higher than most because once you got past the first handful of players, it really dropped off considerably. So I'm going to say Noah Fant, I think, is actually going to be the one who's most productive relative to his position. If we're talking about raw numbers, I think Phil Lindsay's going to uh, be somebody who'd be productive. But relative to, to other tight ends, if you have to play a tight end, I think Noah Fant ends up being the jewel there. Yeah, here's the, uh, here's the killer with Philip Lindsay. We, history shows that Melvin Gordon isn't going to play all 16 games this season. So when that's the case, boy, Philip Lindsay's going to be a go-to guy there. Yep. Maybe the Dingo H your baby. Is there an E40H equivalent player on the Broncos roster? What is E40H? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I looked it up on Google while, you, while we were going through the last thing, and I'm like, all, I, E40H said, I found this that said, the E40H series hollow shaft type incremental rotary encoders feature 40 millimeter size housing, housings and can be easily installed in tight or limited spaces. Interesting. He says, Elijah Wilkinson seems to be my least wanted pick on my dodgeball team. <laughs> Something you dread, but you got to do LOL. Well, you got to help us out there. <laughs> maybe this is like the, the starter who shouldn't be a starter. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, it would be Elijah. Yeah. That's, that's the weakest spot of the 22, uh, the 22 base starters. But you know what? It stands to reason because you had a starter. And he opted out. Right. So you're taking a backup and putting him into the starting lineup. So just, I don't think it's denigrating Elijah Wilkinson in any way by saying he's probably the 22nd of 22 starters on offense or defense. Right. Right. It just, it is what it is. And he goes on and says, uh, someone ranked Drew Lank, Drew Locke last at PFF. Sam Monson, a true rocket surgeon. Has, has ranked Locke 32nd, claiming his sample size isn't large enough. Then, in true rocket surgeon fashion, lists rookies in front of him. What is it? Is it laziness, Denver bias, or did Sam miss the last five games of 2019? Uh, Sam still standing for Will Greer? No, oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, oh, they right. really liked Will. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it, it's funny. I mean, they were all over Will Greer, who did yeah. – uh, who did, by the way, uh, stick on the Panthers, and uh, there have been some reports that Will Greer has looked really good running Joe Brady's offense. So eh, Interesting. We'll see, maybe it's those PFF guys giving that report. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, actually it wasn't. It was a, uh, I saw at least one report from uh, somebody who covers the Panthers regularly for a local site out there. So uh, it, it wasn't that, but interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that's just, I don't know. Sam Monson is, uh, I think if he's guilty of anything, it's sometimes that he doesn't change his mind easily based on, um, based on what he sees as a pro relative to what they are in college. Mm, yeah, I mean, clearly, because Drew, Drew looked good last year. Yeah, true champ fan 24 then adds, not only does PFF rank lock dead last, but PFF comes back and says, look out for breakout stars like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. 
okay, so if Drew is dead last, who is throwing these guys the ball? Driscoll? <laughs> great, great <laughs> point there, True Champ Fan 24. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's confusing. PFF does some great work, and I don't want this to turn into a bash PFF session, okay? I find their raw data in particular to be invaluable for, for my work. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes they get a little bit lost in the forest. Yeah, I think it's, you know, everyone does. And, and uh, they have a big platform. And they didn't like Drew Locke last year. They don't like him this year. All right. Maybe that'll change. And finally, LA Bronco 30. Greetings, pod gods. In the voice of Sanka Coffee, Mace. Hope you at least get the reference. All right. Yeah, I don't. Regular (laughs) tank of coffee that you buy at the grocery store, man. I am sorry, LA Bronco. I don't get that. I'm going to have to look that one up. (laughs) This weekend, I had a fancy draft. I went in with the mindset to not get any Broncos for two reasons. Number one, there are just too many damn good options to choose from. Number two, my heart tends to reach. Lo and behold, this was who I got. Melvin Gordon in the fifth because I felt that was a steal and not a reach. And Phil in the ninth. And Jerry Judy in the 11th. <laughs> I've been a reach early, but I felt getting Phil in the ninth was good value. However, I am surely in for a fantasy headache week in and week out trying to decide which to start, Phil or Melvin or both or neither. I have another draft tonight, and I'm hoping to not get myself into this conundrum. My main question is this. Should I start Judy this week against the Titans? Oh, and RK, I got LaVisca Chenault in the very last round because of how much you talked about him. Hope he explodes in a Terry McLaurin kind of way this season. Stay health, Stay safe. Stay healthy, stay positive. Well, Zach, would you start Judy this week? Oh, that is so tough. It depends who else you have. I mean, if you got him in the ninth round, probably not. I, I would imagine you have two better wide receivers ahead of him, especially based with the news coming coming out that he's the co-starter with Tim Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not there yet on Jerry Judy starting in fantasy. So yeah. if, if I had to play fantasy, um, I don't think I'd – I don't think I'd be starting him right away. I hope I think you kind of wait, wait and see. LaVisca Chenault, I think the issue is health, but yeah. he should get some opportunities because Gardner Mayhew is going to throw it around, and that Jags team is going to be playing from behind quite a bit. <laughs> this yes. year. So I think by default he's going to get some shots uh, and could have that season kind of like Terry McLaurin had, yeah. although as good as Chenault can be. I mean, I liked him, but I love Terry McLaurin. I still – Love me some Terry McLaurin, or I say I love I love some Terry McLovin, as it were. <laughs> and especially with Dwayne Haskins playing, you know, big number seven, trust that little receiver. They're going to make some things happen, even though Washington is going to struggle this year. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing with LaVisca is health. If he stays healthy, he's going to have a surprise year, in a, especially in a fantasy uh, sense. But he just I'm, – I'm not convinced that he's a guy that can stay healthy. Man, Mace, that was fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for rolling with me today. Uh, And thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. And before we get out of here, I got to tell you about Green Mountain Dental again. And the awesome thing about Green Mountain Dental is they treat you like family. They've treated us like family for many, many years, and they'll treat you like family as well. They've been a longtime DNVR partner. So show them the love because they've showed us the love for a long time long time they're only 15 minutes away from downtown denver and as may said earlier the best part about it is if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush that's all you have to do take care of your teeth for them to hand over a free sonicare toothbrush so check out green mountain dental group in lakewood well mace 
That'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. It's game week. We are so close to Denver Broncos football being back, and we will continue to break down week one all throughout the week. So thank you guys so much for rolling with us. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a fantastic Tuesday.